I haven't got 256k, so I need to win this year. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. I might, I, I could let you buy yourself out the debt for like 10 grand. <laughs> that's, that's a good deal. Like, to be honest, I'd, I'd snap your under. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's off for some um, booby time. Oh, I wish I could go off for some booby time. It's, it takes after his daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so they went, these things are making inflation too, look too big. They took them out. And they just left in the stuff that stays about the same. Wow. And they and they keep doing that. They keep looking at the basket of goods. And if something goes up by 100%, they're like, I'll take that out. <laughs> and everyone in Bitcoin is super serious because we talk about government and freaking economics, like freaking serious stuff that investors should talk about. But <laughs> they don't want any of that. It's so true. They want to talk about memes and gains and movies. Yeah. Lambos, and and guess what? The head of these shit coiners cater to that. They're like, yeah, yeah, Lambos over here. <laughs> Have fun, staying poor. Here he is. There he is. Who's this we got here? I've got um the little man. He's um, probably one of the youngest uh, hodlers that we know seven months old and he owns more bitcoin than most people exactly and he's a happy boy and he's a happy boy <laughs> so he wants to join him for a bit he said i don't think he was even a couple of minutes old before he got his first bitcoin no i think you predicted it didn't you guys <laughs> yeah yeah i normally have a have a little bit of a stack on the side for these babies that you keep fucking pumping out <laughs> yeah that's the way it will keep you poor and gets me rich <laughs> yes he will probably talk more sense than you anyway is he staying on for the whole pod is he um he'll stay on for a bit whilst um holly is having a shower and putting harry to bed sweet i've just been um watching the a chess tournament oh yeah and uh, it's interesting because i've got into chess since lockdown it's just i just i've always kind of being interested in chess but then this one's even more interesting because they're actually the, the winner gets two bitcoin oh wow <laughs> so but it, it's actually quite funny because it's actually like 2.2 bitcoin and the reason why it's 2.2 is because at the time when they started the tournament that was exactly one hundred thousand dollars so oh, they they set the price they went it's going to be a, a bitcoin tournament you're going to win bitcoin hundred thousand uh, dollars but they set the that price 10 days ago on may 17th so that's obviously the price fluctuations all depend on it's not going to be a hundred thousand dollars now. Oh, 60 or something, 70, 75. Something. Yeah, I think it was about, about 75 now, but it was a lot <laughs> less. Like literally that they set the they set the thing. I think it was around like forty-eight, forty-seven thousand dollars when they set the, the price. Um and then literally in the next couple of days, Bitcoin dropped by sixty percent. So <laughs> So it's not a hundred thousand dollar tournament anymore. It's it was like a fifty five thousand dollar tournament, and I uh, these are the best players in the world. And uh, yeah, it's it's just is it is it a spectator sport? Yeah, yeah. You, you have to have commentators. So there's some really good commentators that tell you what's happening because right. these are grandmasters and they're they're moving pieces around the board. But it's it's yeah. super fast. They do fast chess now. So oh, so is that thing where they go and they press the timer? Uh, well, it's weirdly, on, it's online because of the whole pandemic thing. Ah, so online, cool. so it's it's actually even better because they're both on webcams. Um, oh, yeah. and you've got a computer board. 
but then you got commentators on the top as well. And you, you, if, if without the commentators, it would it not be well. a spectator sport because I have no clue what their <laughs> strategies are. But whenever yeah. like someone makes a move, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's going to do the bishop here. He's moving up the pawn. He's attacking down here." Like if you if they weren't telling you those tactics, it would just not make any sense. But have, um, you, have you played it a bit or not? Yeah, I've been playing on chess.com. Played a, played a couple of hundred games over the last year or something, and I I, I win one, I lose one. It's but it's, oh, like, okay. I, it's it's I actually liken chess a little bit to golf, where I actually think I've got <laughs> a, a, a certain amount of natural ability at both of them, but when I try and then practice, I get worse. <laughs> and it's like me with darts. Yeah, and it's and it's one of those. It's I think it's it's I think chess is like golf where you have to practice and really study. And <coughs> yeah. If you just try and dip in and out, it will just be annoying. Yeah. You'll just keep coming up against better players and you'll do bad moves or bad shots. Uh, but I, I literally just play a bit of chess for fun and it's, it's quite enjoyable. <laughs> you probably bet on it now, can't you? Uh, yeah, you probably... That's, see, that's when you know you've got a problem when you're betting on the chess world championships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, I've started to get to know the players quite well now. So I know weirdly because I got into it through fantasy football because Magnus Carlsen is the world number one in chess, and he nearly won fantasy football last year. So oh, wow. that was when people were going, "Ah, oh, see, fantasy football is skill because yes. Magnus Carlsen is one of the smartest guys in the world and the number one at chess. So <laughs> if he's wasting his time on fantasy football, <laughs> number one, it proves like." Why would an intelligent guy waste his time on fantasy football? And then he nearly won it. And because he nearly won it, I think he came 10th or something. People looked in his history. And people didn't even know he played. You know, there's 7 million people that play. So you don't yeah. know there's a famous guy in there. But then people clicked on his history. He's played for years and has always finished in the, like the top 30,000 or something. So again, it just proves... It's incredible, isn't it? Playing I, think I, was, I think I was one and a half million or something like that this year. Yeah, I know. I I think I think your best ever finish is worse than my worst ever finish. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're doing double equips next year, aren't we? I know. What is it? One hundred twenty-eight thousand now. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah, I... <laughs> 20, 40, 80, 160. So I think fourteen years later, these doubles. I think it's one hundred twenty-eight grand. You. <laughs> really I need to win because I. <laughs> I haven't got 256k, so I need to win this year. I <laughs> was the thing. I might, I, I could let you buy yourself out the debt for like 10 grand. <laughs> that's, that's a good deal. Like, to be honest, I'd, I'd snap your under. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no we're, we're not. We're not. <laughs> Keep your hands down. He's just saying, Daddy, what are you doing? <laughs> I'll take some of Jesse's stats. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's been Uncle an expensive. G custodian of them, so. That's very true. Uncle G is a custodian. I've, I've told you, Jesse, you should own your own keys. <laughs> so, yes, it's a risk you take, Jesse. That's it. No keys, no cheese. <laughs> no keys, no cheese. There you go. Say bye bye, pod. <laughs> He's off for some um, booby time. Oh, I wish I could go off for something booby time. It's, it takes after his daddy. What <laughs> <laughs> about the boobies? Yeah, all about the boobies. Yeah, so interest, interestingly, I was thinking about um, how we left week one, and I remember the take-home message was, we're on the Titanic, we've jumped off, and we're on that crumbling boat, where everyone's laughing at us because we're uncomfortable on it, but we can see the massive hole in the Titanic. And ironically, what, two days later, 
I felt that we got a hole in the side of our boat <laughs> as we hit. Well, what was the percentage drop? So we went from obviously 47k British money about what early end of April. Then it went down to 40 and was hovering around 40, wasn't it? And then we went down for first 50 percent, wasn't it? It hit 20 grand at one point. Yes, that's 60. Yeah, yeah. so we, we were 60, over, 60 is we were over 40 and we went we, we hit 20, we bounced off 20. That's right, yes. Yes, because he said that was, yeah, it's when we, we got support. It's how they work, it wasn't it? It's like you go through it, you, have, you get through it, you have resistance, and then when it comes back, that's your support, isn't it? So you bounce off it. So 20K was obviously everyone buying back in and stop selling. Because it does get to a point, doesn't it, where people start to shit their pants and they, and they start thinking, I need to sell. I need to keep, but it gets back. It's, it's all 2018 over again or 17 over again, isn't it? Um, but interestingly, this certain people buy back in, don't they? Well, that's uh, you, yeah, you took I, some I, advantage of cheap sats. I've had, uh, I think I got 40% sats off yeah, with yeah. a bit of a buy in. It's, it's beautiful, actually, because the best thing that's happened over the last couple of weeks, obviously, the, bit, the, the price has been down. But now, for the first time since 2017, I have the most sats that I've ever had, ever. Oh, you're back. I'm back right over, yeah. So obviously I took took what was it? I think I took 25% off the top. Yeah. Um back to retire. To to quit the job and just have some security. Um, but over that time, I've been investing it, putting it into things like Tesla, putting it into Amazon, also funding a lifestyle. And the Amazon and Tesla shares have gone up and more than kind of covered the um the kind of money I've spent. They kept it not only there, but more. Uh, but then yeah, it, obviously, the we went through an entire bear market. So I've been taking the money that I had off on the side that was all there for a rainy day, because obviously I don't have a steady income. Um, I've been slowly but surely stacking anyway. But then, the, yes, again, like it's the I think at around 40%, all my alarms went off. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And it was just nicely timed because it was fucking Elon that did it. I had a stack load of Tesla shares sat there. So I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm going to sell those shares and I'm going to stack a, stack a load more sats. And uh, yeah, and, and already that's been a good decision investment-wise because the price did go, I think, down another 10 or 15% from when I brought in. I didn't get anywhere yeah. near the bottom, um, but it was probably around the 45, 50% when I when I decided to stack. It went down another 10 or 15. Um, but now that that bounced straight back and now we're back into above 50%. I think we're down 40% or something now. Yeah. So up 10% on that. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. And you going back to your analogy though of the one a life draft, right? The, the the Titanic is a big fucking ship. It's 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 a luxury cru- cruiser, and it's it's paradise on there. Everything looks great, and everyone is telling you it's great. We're on a little shitty life raft. People are throwing sticks at us. They're laughing. Mm. At us. The waves are big. It's going to be a rocky ride. Like go jumping off the Titanic into a life raft is not guaranteed like a nice luxury life. We're not jumping <laughs> from the Titanic to another titanic we are jumping to a life raft so and we are sailing off and we think we're going to be safe it's still going to be a freaking tough journey to get to land some people yeah. are going to die along the way some people can get ill we're going to run out of food we're going to run out of water there's we might run across some pirates that want to freaking kill us like it's not going to be an easy journey so this is the the thing like it's neither option is great but <laughs> one option is certain death and misery this one, you got a chance. Yeah. So, ask anyone on the Titanic, do you want to risk it in the water on, on the life raft? Do you want to stay on there in hindsight? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Hindsight's so, a wonderful thing. We're just the thing, this yeah. 60% thing. It was just a big wave. A big wave sloshed over us. And unfortunately, some hard and fast Bitcoiners, they got washed off. They, yeah. And they, they sank. They sank well, they gutted. water. Because they were either trading, trying to be smart, or <coughs> they panic sold. And now they're 30% underwater now. They sold a load of sats. Now they're 30% down. And now they've got that horrible decision of, do I climb back on? With thirty percent less sats, or do I have I just like lost it now? Do have, have you have your emotions got ahead of you, and now you, you're too proud to get back on? Yeah. Because you're like, you know what? I'm not taking a life raft. I'm gonna swim back to the Titanic. Actually, I actually think it's got a chance, and um, <laughs> and just pretend you for, just forget everything you thought you knew and go back. And that's the thing. Like, not these be- these like big um, swings. It really it tests your conviction. And that's it really does. what makes you a Bitcoin at, at the end of it. And if you don't really believe in it, you get shaken out. And then, you, and unfortunately, pride can stop people getting back in. Yeah. Uh, I th- yeah, I think you're absolutely right with people not wanting to buy back in later on. Because you ultimately, if you think about what you've done, you've done a an ultimate trade. Like you, or to be, you sold actually quite a lot lower. To be fair, you didn't trade at all because you sold back in 17. And the price was at eight grand, I think it was, wasn't it? So the pre, uh, I think it was eight, eight, and, ten, yeah, eight and ten, because it was on its way down. You just thought, I don't want to have to go back to work. I want to stop like I had the plan. So you did that, and you bought back in technically a lot higher. However, you invested that money that you're taking out in everywhere else. That actually did the increase whilst Bitcoin was hovering around two and three grand, doesn't it? And then you've, um, I guess, amazing that you've managed to buy in more than you did when you sold at that level. It's, yeah, because even at the time, I knew, I said to you, didn't I? It was like we're chatting about it. And it's like, obviously, when you're doing a really tough job, you've got a value. It's sats over your health. And this is another thing. Like, you've got to value your health above everything else. So for my health and to get out and to have freedom, you, you make the decision. But I knew at the time, this will be the worst trade of my entire life. Yeah, It's not yeah. a trade because I'm basically, once I came out, I had no intention of going back in. And I knew yeah. full well, like the price of these sats, I'm selling them for like eight to 10K a coin now. They are going to be worth millions per coin. And I will look back on this and be like, dumbest decision ever. But at <laughs> some point, you have to buy your life. You have to buy it. So you, yeah. you, I, I made the call. And so yeah. you, you just got to live with it. And provided you're happy with the decision, then it's fine. And yeah. then in the end, bizarrely, I was wrong. And the price didn't carry on going up. It did come down. So then you go, well, uh-huh. fuck it then. I was I was wrong, but this is quite a nice wrong. I'll just buy back in lower. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, that's right. Of course, you, you bought down it way low. You yeah. basically bought a load back in there. Yeah. It's a bit of fortune, but then also it's it's believing in what you believe in because another person would see it going down and go, oh, I had a lucky escape. And wouldn't have bought him back then. Because it is interesting when when the price went massively down, obviously even, even I um, was thinking, is it going to keep going lower and lower and lower? Because you don't know when this run's going to go. We don't believe, it. we think it's got a lot of favour to go. All our predictions the week before were like, it's going to go to 100k. Still there. But it was just, it was nice to see it go back up a little bit, wasn't it? You go, oh, phew. Because <laughs> you just don't know what else is happening here. Because it's a, I, and I think another thing as well, you know, we're talking about um, DCA every month, keeping what you can afford in. That allows you to not be bothered. Mm. Whereas if you had put, like I've I've talked to you in the past about instead of buying a car out, I could um, just buy in. But then that is not my plan. The plan was to be able to 
pay off debts and not rely on money. And that as soon as you put that money in there and you have a timeline and a deadline to get it back, it would have actually been beautifully the wrong time <laughs> because I've had to pay it last month, this month even, sorry, just gone. So I wouldn't have had the money there because it would have gone... Because <laughs> around you know, 40K, and you think, oh, it's probably going to go to 80, so it would be a double up. But again, that's where you get greedy, isn't it? And it's yeah. money that you can't afford to lose. So it's just a really good life lesson. Keep within your means. Don't get greedy. Don't get ahead of yourself. If you haven't got 5K to put in now, well, that's, that's, you know, work hard to try and get there. Yeah, um, yeah don't, don't plan these things. That's the thing, because it worked out well for me. But I can almost guarantee if that had been a strategy and I was like, oh, I think this is the top, so it's only going to keep going down, it would have carried on going up. And then I'd have panicked yeah. and probably brought it 100K. <laughs> then the reversal happens. So that's the thing. Like when you're trying to do, oh, should I buy the car? Should I loan it out? And oh, I'll keep the money in sats here and then it'll make a bit of money. And just this is the thing. Like I don't agree with loaning money and, and buying Bitcoin with it. It's just, it's just too dangerous because life happens and Bitcoin can happen. And no matter what you think can't happen, like Bitcoin could go back in a bear market for four years now, like right now. Mm-hmm. And you just need to be able to, get through that like literally just yeah. being in the market is all you need to do don't get shaken out so if you make these big decisions that have dates on them where there's a definitive time where you need a stack of cash and you're not going to have it and you're relying on bitcoin being worth more than when you took it out they're the things that suddenly now you end up with less sats and it and it starts to hurt starts to stress you out it's, it's just not worth it no absolutely and and I, I think you can guarantee that's what happened but but then obviously the I was listening to um, your other pod and obviously we we you've discussed in some depth about Elon and, and China having adverse effects on Bitcoin and that's what it takes at the moment. And I think I think we've we've always discussed amongst ourselves about you know the fact that we do have these massive fluctuations, it just sort of re-emphasizes how early we're in. So even though it sounds like a lot, it's it's really not because the fact you just dropped 40%, 50% overnight, literally it was overnight, wasn't it? Two days, I think it was, went off the cliff. It says it all, doesn't it? One day, it, get reality, it, it went up. It didn't go up quite as fast, but it went up probably in three months, it 100%ed. And yeah. then in the, yeah, in the course of probably two weeks, it reversed all that. But in yeah. reality, all we are, we're back to December or something. That's That's literally it. So... It's always the important thing is to zoom out because it hurts. Yes, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, and I discussed this on the pod as well, but you always have whatever the top level of how much your fiat value of your sats was, everyone remembers it. I know I remember it. I remember how, <laughs> how rich I was two weeks ago. I remember I can see it on my phone. It's freaking right there. The number is just ingrained in my brain and it's a freaking lot less now. So it hurts. <laughs> Because as human beings, that feels like a loss. But it's when I actually zoom out and I look at the graph, I had 80% less money this time last year, even yeah. now. So that's the thing to remember. You're still 8x up. Like, just freaking chill out. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you technically lost 60% or 40% what it is now. But come on, you just need to put our monkey brains away for a minute. The monkey brain always just wants to get to the front and be like, ah, oh, you've lost so much money. You need to do something. <laughs> need to you need to do some action to stop this thing and the the best action you can ever do is just nothing usually mm. the, the yes. best decision is nothing and that's still a decision hot just hoddle it's it's a meme but hodling really is one of the toughest decisions because people suddenly go i need to make that money back let's start trading 
maybe I maybe I should sell some here, let it dump further, then buy back lower, and that's when yeah. it all starts to go wrong. Just just huddle, be calm, DCA, and uh, yeah, the more you DCA as well, obviously, because I've got no clue what my average price is now of buying into Bitcoin. I have absolutely no clue, and I love that because now I'm totally immune. Like, I don't know where the price goes above or below where I brought in. It's just it's all just mixed in. So yeah. at least that bit of my emotion, and it's not worth finding out. Like, don't find that out. Don't go and get your spreadsheet. Annoyingly, out. I I know how I find that out. I because I um block folio, I put every transaction in, so I can click on it. It tells me exactly what I'm up and down. Oh. Exactly much. Yeah. If you keep up, I don't know. Do you keep updating your portfolio with your actual price you buy in at? No. Ah, uh, so you just put the sats in there. Yeah, I just put in like yeah the the. How many- to be fair, you don't use block because you use Ledger Live, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I use that, but I also I do use Blockfolio, um, and yeah, I do update it with. But yeah, I don't even know where the setting is. I just what I always update it miles after when I did the buy or something. Ah. I always forget, so the price is so much different. And then I didn't yeah. use it at the beginning. I don't think it was out. So no. like in 2016, when I was first buying, all those all those private buys are wrong. So yeah. when I did finally put it in, it was like, oh yeah, you bought this much Bitcoin at like fifteen thousand or something. I'm like, why? Well, I didn't. That was just the price at that day when I decided to start using the I'd app. Say, yeah. So it's good. That, the app's broken for me on price, which is good. I, I, I don't want to know the average price. I'm going to see what my average buy-in is, just for lulls. The only time I have to find out is when I have to fucking tell the tax man. And then <laughs> if if you end up selling any, then oh, well. you have to. My net average cost is 7.7K. Yeah. That says a lot, doesn't it? Of how how long my percentage change is two hundred forty four percent from what I put in, and that's after um, a forty percent drop. <laughs> that's what, yeah. You just told everyone how much Bitcoin you got now. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, it's gone up two hundred forty four percent. Okay, I didn't say money. Two hundred forty four percent of what I put in, and I bought it at seven point seven. Oh, that's, that's weird. I thought you'd be up more than that, to be honest. No. You must have missed some of the big, big dips stacking. Yeah, stacking. Yeah, I missed out on a, a year and a half maternity. Yeah, because I just think straight away I just think, well, there's a there's a thousand percent just over the last year because last March Bitcoin was five k and it went up. Now it's well, well three k in pounds. Well, my average though is seven. How's that work then? The average is seven point seven k buy-in. So how's that work? I, I've got a feeling that might be a bit wrong. Maybe. Yeah. Oh well. Um, actually, it's definitely wrong. Jesus, yeah, it has to be. Two hundred and forty percent. Is that twenty x? No, it's two, two, two point four. Oh. That's completely yeah. Obviously, that's wrong, isn't it? Ah, oh, well, no, no. You've been putting your buys in wrong. <laughs> Maybe we've been sending it to the wrong ledger. <laughs> um, so I was saying, oh yeah, that was something. I was um, I typed into Google earlier. I just, well, I just wanted to see what what it came up. I went. Why did Bitcoin go down? And it came up with, it did say, Elon tweet, it said China. And it said something else quite funny. And it said inflation was one of the reasons it went down. I was like, so I actually clicked on it. Because you know when it just gives you like three lines? I thought, that's interesting. Where are they going with this? And what they're saying is that the money printer has been slowed down. Oh, yeah. So they reckon inflation's slowing. And because they say inflation, so this is where... We moved nicely into the topic. They were saying about gold and inflation not being a problem because you're not leveraging the the actual gold. It doesn't really matter as such if it's not behind it. However, with 
Bitcoin, liquidity is essential. Because if you sell, then you need to have the money there, don't you? Yes, same in gold. But yeah, I I get their point. And their point actually is in America and and over here, so it's the furlough payments, and then they call them stimmies. So the stimulation, no, stimulus checks that they get in America. So everyone's been sat at home, obviously, it's getting paid. And like furlough starting to end here. It's It's ending around the world. And in America, they haven't printed any money for for a little bit. Well, at least they have been printing the same amount of money. They haven't been giving it to the people. So mm. the individuals have less money. They're having to go back to work. And once people start working again, all their costs start appearing. And they have to, they have to travel. They start going out for dinner. They start buying drinks. So over the last year, I think Bitcoin has benefited a huge amount because a lot of that furlough money, a lot of the stimulus money, they put it straight into Bitcoin. Uh, people have been sat at home and they, they, we, we, we adopted a whole host of new Bitcoiners when they realized, what is this money printer doing? They started to click about inflation. They started to going, how do I hedge against inflation? So a lot of money went into Bitcoin um, and went into stocks. It's why stocks are massively up. That's Bitcoin right, yeah. is up. And, um, and yeah, gold is pretty much flat because people just don't use that as a store of value anymore. People have switched from gold. A lot of people that had gold have sold gold and are now buying Bitcoin. So gold's relatively flat, but yeah, but because the world is opening back up again, it's not that necessarily that inflation is stopping. It's just inflate like America's still about to print another four trillion, but they're going to put it into a load of government projects, so the people don't get it. So uh, the individuals aren't going to get their fourteen hundred dollars that month, and that they can just because like there's a whole Twitter account dedicated to it, dedicated to the stimmy. And it, it came out, weirdly, I think it did come out like March, April last year, I think the first one. And someone's been tracking it that this $1,200 or $1,400 is now worth like seven and a half grand in Bitcoin terms. Yes. So that's what a wow. lot of people did. And obviously these these checks have stopped now. So people have to actually go out and start earning money for the first time in like 18 months. And, and guess what? When that, Once you start earning money, I think you're less likely to gamble it as well when it's just free. And you're sat at home. I think you're more likely just to go, fuck it, let's just roll the dice. And they start yeah. to invest it. They almost don't mind if they lose that because it's free. But once you've had to put in the hard hours, not only are your costs more real now, I think you're much less likely to, to start investing because you, you get stuck back into the machine. You're back in the rat race. Yeah. And now you're yeah. around, around your work colleagues again. You're driving your car. You suddenly realize, oh, my car's not as new as it could be. And the, the money starts to go yeah. to consumerism again. Because you're back into other oh, guy across the office from me. He's got a new suit or he's got a new watch. Um, Sandra's got the new iPhone. And you start to get peer pressured into spending mm-hmm. money on that as opposed to do, investing in the things that you know are more sensible and things like Bitcoin. So that that's that's their angle on that. And I do agree. I, it, it was, it that's was, interesting. Interesting. Because yeah. you're right. Because... Um thing about um purchasing i know everyone you speak to because of the last year and a half you haven't been able to go away anywhere so you've literally everyone's stacked money and i know a lot of people have said to me i've got a load of money in my account i don't really know what to do with it which is it's quite crazy isn't it and then most people have just left it in their bank account and it looks nice and pretty in the end of the day it's a couple of grand probably that's going to get basically a, probably a slightly better holiday or or even maybe the same holiday but just in the inflated prices in the summer um, but you're absolutely right. I reckon a lot of people would have probably bit bought into stock shares and thought, what can I do with it? Probably a lot of entrepreneurs put a bit of money into their own businesses and, and whatnot. 
So yeah, that's that's an interesting take, and it's funny as well. Everyone was just wearing gym gear, weren't they, at home? Now they're back having to buy clothes. You have to, and you want to look nice. Oh, I'm bought any clothes for ages. I want to go out and do a shopping spree. So you're right. People will get back into the old way of living very quickly. Yeah. You can see a load of new cars. The 21 plates are out everywhere. Exactly, and, and that's 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 the crazy thing. Like house prices are all time high. Oh yeah. There's there's stories of estate agents saying that houses are going in a day and people are bidding 20, 30k over the asking price to get it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's partly, I think the stamp duty stuff in the UK yeah. is still, yeah, yeah. but it's completely fucking insane. It's like, <laughs> you, if you just take a step back, the, the job market and the economy has never been since 1940s recession more on a knife edge than it is right now. And people are stacking themselves with more debt than they, they than ever job security they could lose their like businesses once all this free money stops this is the thing bitcoin and stuff like that can take a dip but guess what companies are going to make less money like all the restaurants and the pubs and just day-to-day business this money is going to run out business is going to close once all the free money stops jobs are going to get lost and then this all just cascades down people stop paying their rents if you're doing the buy to let your renters aren't now paying now you suddenly default on a mortgage the banks now need to up the interest rates because this guy's defaulted. So now I need to get you to pay more to cover that guy's loss. And it all starts to just cascade. And at the moment, we're just living in this fake world of fake money where no one's worked for a year, yet people are upgrading their housing. Like, Doesn't make sense. Do you even know that your job's going to exist in five years' time? Have you got any idea? And people don't, yet they are leveraging themselves up with debt just because they got a little bit of... Of a, of a slush fund and the government shamedly are encouraging it by re, by removing blocks. Taking stamp duty. Yeah, they're taking stamp wow. duty away to encourage it. And, and guess why? You know, the, the, this is what always comes back to you. Oh, why would the government do this? Why would they create this freaking house of cards? It's like, well, they want the housing market inflated because the, the super rich, where they have the majority of their wealth is in property. So the housing market going up is the one that they don't mind going up because that's the one that they hold a load of their wealth. Mm. and they can hold for decades so when, when it all pops and um, loads of people default again the, the government will just bail it out just like they did in 2008 so no one really yeah. gets hurt at the top level the people that get hurt are the people that get kicked out of their homes and are really stressed because they can't make their mortgage because at the moment everyone's taking on mortgages assuming these super low interest rates are going to continue just going to say not, that they are not going to continue they, they are going to go fucking sky high once uh-huh. people start defaulting and people are already leveraged up to like, oh, I've got a hundred pounds of spending money a month. A 1% change in chest rates, that hundred quid's gone. If it goes up 2%, 3%, 4%, now you're in the hole for 500 pound a month. Yeah. How many months does it, is it going to take to wipe out the average person? I'd say less than six. And this is yeah, it, people are not economically illiterate they don't look after their finances properly they trust the government and uh, the government's saying it's fine so they're going what's the worst that can happen if the bank yeah. says it's fine and the government says it's fine it must be fine yeah well it's I, i've heard that the bank um mortgage rates are going to go up because obviously when i got in four years ago at this house it was at all-time lows so i, I put a five-year mortgage down to try and lock it in thinking it had gone up but it hadn't gone up but it sounds like in the next 12 months it is 
So I really do need Bitcoin to do me a favor. <laughs> I don't want to be remortgaging. <laughs> Mortgages and, are scary. You never be a slave to the bank. That's why I never have a mortgage <clears throat> because it's just, if anything, you're just enabling them anyway. I, I hate giving businesses that are corrupt and overall damaged. Oh, it's, it's double, isn't it? Pound for pound. You pay two pound back. It's, it is no real sense, but obviously who's got um, however many hundred grand to to start off with um but i i interestingly you know i was um talking about the credit card that i put the, the we had a wedding with a long um exp, sort of interest rate on it i paid it off the other day and next month is when the 18 months would have finished and i looked so we pay something like 60 quid a month is the minimum payment you have to pay and next month's interest will be 44 pounds like that's insane isn't it so if you just kept paying the minimum off you'd be paying like 16 quid off that's, that's that must hurt if you're in that position that must really hurt so yeah that's bad <laughs> and this is when interest rates are low like paying yeah pound for every one that's good normally you're paying more like four or five for every one that's that's in a normal world like when you go back to normal interest rates between five and ten percent you are paying mm. back yeah, true. five times what you loan so we're, we've got very accustomed over the last decade or two to these, oh no, you, if you loan 250, you pay about 500 roughly. And people tend to be okay with that. Wait until it gets to, it's, it's three and then four. And then people are suddenly going to realize the, these debts are so big and they're never going to pay them off. And um, yeah, and, and at the moment they're completely, if you, if once you go into that world, you're at the mercy of the government and the bank. There's nothing you can do about it, nothing. And your wages yeah. won't go up in line. There's, there's no chance. No. Your wages will keep going up by two to 5% a year. Um, if that, if, if, if you're, that's if you're lucky, if you're in a, um, like the average job where you're not, where like promotions and getting into management isn't really an out, which is probably the majority of people, they are going to just get left behind with inflation and not, and never mind mortgages. Mortgages are going to fly past them. Um, and inflation will also make their day-to-day spendings cost more. So that's so that hundred pound buffer you have. Inflation will eat that anyway. And uh, never, never mind your interest rates. So yeah. it's just little things. It's like, yeah, I've got this little image up here. I'll show it on the screen of what's happening in America right now. So it's, it's, it's a bit probably like bias against Joe Biden. Who cares about Joe Biden? But it's just America, right? So this is just a difference of one year. And they are categorically saying inflation in America has been 2%. So even though they have inflated the currency, by 25% printed for wow. they these are the prices of just average goods in America right now. So you can see there, lumber, wood, has gone up by five times. Oh, Gas has gone up 30%. Wheat is up what's that, about 30% as well. Mm-hmm. Ton of coal has doubled, gone up 100%. Ooh. And then corn there is also up about 100% as well. That's mental, isn't it? So... And they sit there and the top guys in America that are controlling the currency have just announced over the last month or two, inflation in America is 2%. They are lying. And I can tell you, I can tell you exactly how they're lying as well, because the way they work out their magic little 2% number is they do it through this magic formula called the consumer price index. CPI. It's a great little formula because what it's supposed to do is take a basket of goods 
which is the typical basket of goods that a normal American or British person would consume in a year. You take it and you figure out how much did it cost last year. And then you take the same basket of goods this year and you work out the price of everything. And that whatever the percent changes, inflation either went up or went down, depending on the price of goods. So you'd think that how can they fudge that? That is, that's pretty good. That's a pretty solid model. And if they included those things there, where do they get 2% from? Well, over the last um, 40 years, in the 80s, they started this, which is miraculous that they did it in the 80s because it's 1971 that they came off the gold standard and started printing and inflating the currency into hyperinflation. So in the 80s, they realized what they were doing. They, they were actually, um, the CPI was very high and it was scaring people. So they went, oh, right, we're scaring people with all these high inflation numbers. So they looked at the basket of goods and they figured, which are the items that are going uploads? And it was energy. It was processed foods. It was houses. So they went, these things are making inflation too, look too big. They took them out. <laughs> and they just left in the stuff that stays about the same. Wow. And they, and they keep doing that. They keep looking at the basket of goods. And if something goes up by 100%, they're like, I'll take that out. <laughs> is it 2% again? Yeah, it's 2%. That's the again. That is, it should, and that, is, that is literally what happens. Jesus, it should be things like, absolutely, it should be energy, how to live. It should be your food, obviously major foods, and it should be um, housing, shouldn't it? So how can you just take it, that out? It should be everything. If you're going to, if it literally, it's supposed to be the average person in a country and what they spend that at their average basket of goods, like what is their mortgage, how much they spend on food, how much they spend on the internet and entertainment and all this stuff. Yeah. Instead, they left in the stuff that roughly stays the same, took out all the high inflating stuff and then just still publish it as if it is still uh, an unbiased basket of goods. And all economics, uh, economists uh, know it's garbage, but they still get up there on stage and they spout this nonsense. They get up on stage and they, go, and they just use it to placate everyone. Because in America right now, everyone's getting quite um, like scared about the $4 trillion that's got printed. People, it's the, the whole 25% inflation has very much like got like mass attention in America. So the government has got ahead of it and gone, nah, this 25%, it's, don't worry about the monetary supply inflating by 25%. You, all you need to care about is how much stuff costs you. And we've worked it out, it's 2%. And I've just shown you a basket of goods there. The average price increase in one year was 50%. So if you shove them in, that 2% will easily average out at 10, 15, 20%. Yeah. So essentially what that really means is that everyone took a 20% pay cut last year. Because mm. your wages don't go as far. Everything costs more now. Well, we actually didn't get pay rises this year. I think it was that's like one percent, wasn't it? Yeah. So even even at the two percent, that is a one percent pay cut. Yeah. But then your basket of goods, when you take that money and want to use it in the real world, your hundred pound shop now costs one hundred twenty pounds. So it's eating your money faster, even if you eat the same. So what people tend to do is they start to have to downgrade their living. And the food that you buy, or the fresh food, that's all gone up so high, it's gone too too far out. So now you start going into the noodles aisle and you start buying mm -hmm. the kids pot noodles and 
And then suddenly now you start to get in a different set of problems. You start to get into health issues and, and then those people then also start to become a drain on the health service. Mm. It's all just this cascading problem. It's, it's just none of this is good. Um, but it all, all what it all leads to, though, is just a further reliance on government. So like people being sick and ill, it's horrible to say this, but that is profitable for government. And it's good for government because sick people need government. They, they need, especially mm. in the UK, when the, when the health service is owned by the government, the more people that are ill, the more people that need that need the government to survive and you are then subservient to that you can't leave if you can't leave the country can you no no because your health service is only relevant where you pay taxes so you're stuck (laughs) uh so you you keep working your job to try and feed your family and pay the bills and then you're you're the hospital in evenings with treatment for very for for diabetes for obesity for heart problems and all this kind of stuff And and when you really track a lot of this back it's like you know what people that have are wealthy they don't tend to go and eat fast food every every day. Wealthy people don't do that. And it's like, well, why? Why wouldn't you do it? Like, they, Of course, they still do. But most wealthy people eat healthily. They go to nice restaurants and eat nice food. And when they do buy food, they buy nice food for themselves. It's, 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 and like people get like all angsty about that. But it's half the time, it's not your fault. If you are yeah. in a situation where you're having to buy the food that you know is not healthy, but it's cheap. That's it's, it though, isn't it? Not, it's, it's, it's literally the government's fault that you're doing that because they have pushed you into a corner where you don't have any money to spend. Crackers. And, then, you're and, right. they, and they want also, there. by the way, they want the credit for them helping you through it, helping you with <laughs> diabetes pills and stuff. It's like, you put me in this situation and now you're half curing it. Well, and actually not even curing it. You're just, you're like, treating the problem but not curing it so i'm permanently ill now yeah because there's a lot of people that are on low end low income and stuff and they do have to obviously you can't afford fresh food and stuff it does cost a lot of money and it goes off as well and you waste food if you don't get on top of it and if you don't plan yourself so <laughs> people do end up having to buy your frozen stuff and they're the people that generally do become overweight and we've seen that obesity is obviously huge now isn't it in type 2 diabetes in the last 10 years is now in kids and it was always over 40s. And that's, again, it's the product of what you're, you're getting fed. And, yeah, it's pretty scary. When you, when, you, when you break it down back to the bare bones as well, it's about the, if you haven't got the money, you can't do it. What would you rather do? But the trouble is people would rather have the entertainment and have food. Therefore, they'll go, right, we'll sacrifice having fresh stuff. We don't need fresh chicken. We just get the processed stuff. So it's two for one then in Iceland anyway. <laughs> and that's what we do, isn't it? And that, yeah, it's sad. And you're right, NHS is great and everyone loves the NHS. It's free in everyone's eyes, especially people that don't pay into the system. It's free. And that you're absolutely right. They held a, a ransom to it. Can't leave and get your tax havens elsewhere because you wouldn't be able to have the NHS, would you? Yeah, it literally imprisons you. And this is the thing. When, when Bitcoiners say, like, Bitcoin, if you, if you fix money, you fix the world, this, this is really what we mean. This is, this is like, if you, once you go through it, once you realize you, you chase back every single societal problem, whether it be health, education, like safety, like with police, mm-hmm. like immigration, all this stuff, when you chase it all back, all the societal problems, they all end up in government. And you go, they're just not fixing it properly. And you go, well, why are they not? What, what are their incentives? And it's, their incentives are actually to keep these problems going because they get paid more money then to fix a problem 
So they just they just keep things going, and they and and incompetent people get in power. They don't they're never held accountable for their mistakes because you, it's not like a business where someone makes a mistake, the company loses money, and then the company might go under. It's the government. So if they make a mistake and they spend a trillion, what is it, a billion on a track and trace system that never worked, doesn't even matter. You just print another billion, and the same people get a billion again to try again next week, and that, yeah. that would never happen in the private sector. So these governments get bigger and bigger and bigger. And literally, if you if you just take the money printer off them and make them, like the taxes that we paid... Balance their sheet, yeah. What's that? I will say make them balance their financial sh- um, statement at the end of the year. Yeah. Run it like a Good business. If, if, yeah. if genuinely, the taxes we paid made a difference. So the taxes we paid was in Bitcoin, and they then had to distribute and use that Bitcoin effectively. That's real now. They, if they go and spend... 100 bitcoin on a new hospital or something and they fail to build it and it freaking doesn't nothing ends up happening that they can't just go ah oh, bollocks just give them another 100 it's like no the, that's the 100 that's it so now the people that are responsible for that would be fired and you would put some more people in in, in place and you would learn from the mistake and suddenly things start to get right because there's accountability you're allowed to failure is allowed because the thing that's the thing i don't expect governments to be perfect it's the hardest probably thing ever to run a country but the problem is you don't if you don't learn from your mistakes you just keep making them and the mistakes get bigger and bigger and bigger and to a point where they're so vast that now it's like what the fuck do you do now because and that's the situation we're in now where the where, there's, where the problems are so vast so huge and so systemic that you're going, well, now how do you fix a health system and the education system as they are? You just look at it and go, that needs to be burnt down and built mm. from the ashes again. And it's really sad, but it's that's largely what we're going to have to go through at some point because once the money printer gets found out, a lot of what is paying to keep this stuff going is not going to be there. And that's the problem with a Bitcoin standard where a lot of this stuff's going to come crumbling down. It's going to be an interesting time to say the least to see mm. how we transition into that because <clears throat> with accountability and with failure it's not comfortable like when companies make mistakes and obviously i've worked for a company and you make mistakes it's a shitty time and you have to go in you have to walk in you have to fire people sometimes you have to take accountability yourself and you have to nearly get fired or maybe get fired yourself not comfortable but it's the it's healthy it makes the business better make you better you learn from your mistakes and you go i'm never doing that again um, but if you if people aren't held accountable and people make mistakes in work and then nothing happens, you just go, that was bad, naughty, don't do that again. And then next week, it's like they're back doing the same thing. They're going, there actually was no accountability there. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're wow. not scared of making the same mistake. It's literally like bringing up um, like your kid and then like threatening them with like, oh, you, I'm going to take the toy away if you do that. And then they do it again. You don't take the toy away. It's like, well, you, you we just buy him another one. You haven't got any bollocks. Take one off, be buy a better one. Yeah, you, you're not going <laughs> to. There's no, there's no real. You tell me off a little bit, but the actual punishment that was supposed to come never came. So I'm just going to keep doing that thing because I know you're full yeah. of shit. <laughs> That's it. And then you just get a load of unruly kids running around doing what the fuck they want, and the the, the parents were yelling at them, but they're not listening. And that that's literally <laughs> what we've got. That's what we have in government right now: a load of unruly kids running around, shouting at each other. And there's some people at the top going, "Can you?" lot fucking behave and no one will because it's like you're not going to fire me because <laughs> i've been fucking yeah. up for 30 years and i'm still here yeah well geez 
good times to be alive. <laughs> On the life raft, it's all right. Yeah, we are, to be fair. That's all right. The life raft. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Um, <clears throat> I know we were... Um, I've also talked in the past about some of the other stuff that you could buy on the market, which doesn't follow suit with um, yeah shit coins as you mouthed. Um, and obviously, the one that's hitting all the headlines at the moment is Dogecoin, isn't it? And that's a product of Mr. Musk and some of his uh, rallying the troops to get into that. Um, I just thought I'd open that because I think you explain it really well about why these can't work in the centralization side of things and decentralization yeah well it's it's so annoying it's just so fucking pathetic but um if, if you understand the fundamentals of bitcoin like it, you have to have decentralization so you if you if you don't then all you're doing is creating a smaller form of government and as we know any individuals or humans that are close to control of money they will become corrupt and will corrupt the money supply they, they will take control and they will end up enriching themselves. So you have to have it decentralized. Uh, Bitcoin is the only decentralized coin there is. Uh, every other shit coin, you can name the founder. And there's a very small amount of developers and small amount of nodes that are controlling that coin. So it's it's almost a trivia exercise. That And you know, Doge is a perfect example. There was like three developers looking after it. It was a dead project. They hadn't updated the code for 18 months. Elon comes in. And then suddenly goes, oh, um, Doge is the best because it's a meme. He got laughed at and we all pointed out the, the problems with it. So he then starts to try and fix the problems of Doge. And he then starts contacting the developers going, you need to change this, 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 and this. That is exact, That proves that Doge is centralized. That if one billionaire can come in, dangle some money at them, and then they go off and start changing stuff, what is he changing? Is it for the best? Maybe, maybe Elon wants some more coins and then give them to himself. Suddenly, the coin is compromised and it's yeah. now a worthless piece of shit. You've just got, you've just, all you've done is recreated fiat. So it's just a database with, with money in it. You, you have to have scarcity. So the 21 million Bitcoin cannot be changed. Uh, you need to have a very secure network secured with a shit ton of energy. Why? Because that stops the double spend problem. So you can actually use Bitcoin as a medium of exchange. You can't do that on Doge. Like if someone wants to double spend Doge, it's just trivial. You, no one does it because they can't be bothered and no one transacts in Doge. But if, if I wanted to and send the same amount of Doge to like four people, I could. I could be bothered doing it because the, the hash power and the amount of miners on Doge is so small, you can trick it. Mm -hmm. so, so all these coins that say they're faster, there's, there's more of it. It can do extra stuff. It's all just noise because unless you have decentralization, unless you have scarcity, you, ha you have nothing. You have a database. Yeah. Let me open you up Excel right now, putting shitcoin number four on the top of it, and then just putting one million, my name, and I'm then going, Tom, how, do you, how many do you want? Oh, you want two million. Okay, two million, Tom. It's like, and then me going, yeah, I've got a million, you've got two million of shitcoin four. It's like, well, I can just yeah. go in and I can delete your coins. I can give me, my, me more. I, it's just the nonsense. And that is essentially what shit coins are. But they all come with nice branding. And the problem is because there's a load of people that they love the dumb, like dumb money, just loves get rich quick. They, they don't want to do a long-term investment. Everyone in Bitcoin is super serious because we talk about government and 
fucking economics, like fucking serious stuff that investors should talk about. But <laughs> they don't want any of that shit. It's so true. They want to talk about memes and gains and movies yeah. and Lambos. And and guess what? The head of these shit coiners cater to that. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lambos over here. <laughs> and, they, and, the, and they just, they, they herd them in like sheep. They put them in a pen and they slaughter them. Fucking let the wolves in. And they get they all get eaten up because once once because the thing is with any Ponzi with any scam it's like it's a very delicate balance of how long you keep the scam going because once you're there like as the shepherd and you're leading all the sheep in eventually some of the sheep start figuring it out and start running out the other side so it's like a balance to go I want to leave this going for the maximum amount of time to have the maximum amount of sheep in the pen before I cull them um, but I don't want to do it too early because I might be able to get more so that's what just about every shitcoin does like. If you go back four years in the cycles of when in 2017, I think there's only like three shit coins from that era that are still relevant now. So they're all new. There's, in this cycle, there's thousands of new ones. Um, all the other ones, everyone forgets the ones that died. These three have survived. So it's like, oh, they must be legit then. And uh, But yeah, they've all exit scammed. All the 2017 coins have already exit scammed. They're all sitting on islands now, very happy. And unfortunately, the, the dumb idiots that put all their money in in 2017 have had four years to make more money. Uh, and they've come back in 2021 and they're like, oh, they're a little bit cash risk risk, risk again. And then they're, they're going, oh, I've got a couple of grand. Like, where, where should I put this? Oh, I could put it in Bitcoin. Sound money. 10 years, you're going to buy 100x your money. And then some shit coiner comes along and goes, oh, 100x your money by the weekend. Well, here it is. Yeah. Is it? It's funny actually because I guess if you use the model of seventeen, I can imagine what the dumb money's saying. It's going, Bitcoin goes up. It obviously shitcoins follow. Shitcoins will dump. However, if I get out at the top, then I'll be fine. But the thing is, human greed comes in and goes, um, you know, I want to wait, 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 wait. It drops. It'll go back up. It's all right. We're not there yet. And then they lose all the money because the the shitcoins don't come back, do they? And you can you can see why people are following that model. And it's all about gains, isn't it? It all about quick rich, and I know um, obviously Dogecoin went from something like 0.4 of a p to 4p to 24p, like very quickly, didn't it? And people would have made quite a bit of money probably if they sold, but then it would take some balls to sell at that point as well because it could have carried on to two pound. Yeah, well, Doge is still down 70. percent I think it went down 80. percent So that's the thing; yeah. they go up quicker, they come down harder. So yeah, yeah, and look, that's the thing. Like Doge was the one, and but out of the three thousand. You had to pick that one. That was the one. Yeah. That was probably the only one that went up faster than Bitcoin over the last year. And it and it yeah. had, it hadn't moved. It was just dead. It was a dead coin for 2017. Doge was, and then Elon picks it up. And that's the thing. Like that's like it's like putting your money, like putting two grand on number 26 on the roulette wheel and spinning it. And then it comes in. And you go, I'm a genius. Follow me. I'm the betting genius. Like. You're not a betting genius. You bet on number 26. And you put fucking two grand on it, you idiot. And like, well done. Like the two grand is now worth 300 grand. And you're like walking around looking like a genius. But yeah, you, you got 26 to one on your money. Well done. That's what essentially Doge has done. But yeah. that was lucky. You have to admit that was gambling and it was lucky. Whereas with Bitcoin, it's actually a sound investment. And, uh, and like, like we've talked about, like with the, the whole life raft thing, if you want the life raft, it's only Bitcoin. Like other, mm. other, all the other ones, you're still on the Titanic, spinning the roulette wheel. So even if you, even if your numbers come in, you might be rich, 
but you're still on the Titanic. Like, no one's going to accept Doge in the new world. Yeah, right. So you're going I to feel Bitcoin, still fucked you're going to Bitcoin eventually. So, yeah. So if you're doing it purely to gamble and buy more sats, then at least your intentions are right. I don't agree with the method, but at least you've got the right end game. But a lot of people just, they fall in love with the projects. Once you've made some serious money, and you say you did put two grand in something and it went to 300. From what I've seen, people fall in love with the investment then. And they suddenly think, oh, actually, I only invested in Doge because it was a meme. But now I actually believe it's going to be a currency. I actually believe it's going to take on Bitcoin. And their 300K rots away back to two again. And they're surprised. They get wrecked. Yeah. It's, yeah. We've seen it every they... time. maybe four years it happens. We always hope that shit coins don't come back, but there's too much dumb money in the world. Well, that's the thing is about it. It's quick, rich schemes for other people. Because I think I think you said the other day that Elon could well have whacked in a load of money into Doge as well. So he could have actually caused the pump. And as soon as you see something going up like that, people jump on with FOMO, don't they? And yeah. it's cheap as well. And I think um, uh, one of your guys said about how it's under a dollar. So if it goes to $10, I'm going to make some real money. It's so cheap. It's only 4p or whatever. But then you think it's not going to go any higher because there's, the, you know, there's the billions of them. So in order for it to go any higher, it's going to be worth more than money exists. Yeah, the, the classic unit <laughs> so, bias. Right? What, 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 whatever the unit that Bitcoin used, whether it was 21 million or 100 million or 100 billion, whatever yeah. it was, the shit coiners were always just going to create their supply a hundred, a thousand times more. So then it tricks everyone into thinking that that one is cheaper. It's just, yeah. it's so obvious. It's such a simple thing to do, but I've got to hand it to them. It's kind of genius because 99% of people can't see it. 99% of people don't know what market cap is or what unit bias is because they've never invested in their lives. All they see on their phone is Bitcoin is $50,000 and Doge is 10 cents. So therefore, even if Doge gets anywhere near where Bitcoin is, I'll be a millionaire. That's all they know. That's the simple maths. And they have no clue what market cap is because they never invest in a share. But if, if anyone that has ever invested in shares, you know that like whether a share price is £10 or £100 in another company, it doesn't mean the share price of is £100. That company is worth more than the share price of £10 because it all depends on how many shares many. exist. And you have to exactly. do the multiplication. And it's a very simple multiplication, but because it's the way that it's, it's probably actually a problem with the investing system where we, we don't look at market caps enough and we look at the price of individual units of a share without totally ignoring, there's no way very obvious to see, well, how many of the shares are there? And <laughs> without that bit of information right there, you can't, you can't quite yeah. see whether you're making a good investment or not. But as a, any seasoned investor will very quickly do that multiplication themselves to figure out what they're doing. But we're, we're dealing with people here with a couple hundred pounds on their phone, on Robinhood, on Revolut, doing whatever. And they're just yellowing in. And, and just because Elon said, I'll just follow. And Well, that's it. The next thing that someone big says, everyone's going to go in again, aren't they? You can almost guarantee it. Yeah. The way it'll work. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's like I see it every day anyway. Like I, I, I lose count of how many people have talked to me about um, Forex, which is the, the whole foreign exchange oh, right. um, trading. And yeah. all that is, it's, that's literally exchanging dollars for pounds, for euros. And the, like, these fluctuations like, happen on like, they're like 0.2% a day. 
and um, people just trade it. And it's just a massive scam. And people on Instagram, that's what I've realized on Facebook and Instagram, these influencers pretend to be millionaires and then get people to come in with paid groups and then they you, they get you to deposit your money with them and then they trade it and make more. And every single one of them just runs off with the money. And uh, some guy got caught in the UK. He was 20 years old and he'd made 3.8 million off Instagram. And um, they had some guy on there being interviewed and it was this young lad. He was like 21. He had 14 grand somehow, which is obviously like inheritance money or something. And he'd started with this guy and they did, it's always the classic scam, right? So they told him like, oh, the minimum investments are grand. So he gave him the grand. And then on paper, this grand turned into two. So he was like, oh, this is good. So he put the rest of the 13 in. And then this money, they kept ticking it up, but you can never withdraw because of course you can't. It's in their system. They've never tested the withdrawal button yet, but the money keeps ticking up. So you just go, oh, I'm sure it's fine. And then one day, one day this website doesn't work. And you've lost 14 grand. Yeah. And, and um, oh, actually, yeah, I think the, the guy actually had a clever exit to the scam, actually. He went, oh, the market's changed. You're down 98%. So um, <laughs> we can, um, we'll just call it quits. Here's like 328 pounds or something. And he's like, I've given you 14 grand. And it was supposedly worth like 28 when I last checked. It's like, yeah, well, we made a bad trade. So it's all gone. But we've got 328 quid left. If you have this and sign this bit of paper and it's all done. And obviously all these people went, fuck you, that's bad. So they reported it. And then the guy gets arrested. I don't know. He's probably going to get put in prison for a bit. But you got no, the money, this is a 20-year-old lad, 20-year-old lad on Instagram made 3.8 million off a load of morons. So when I, when I, like this is, and it's so obviously a scam. Like the guy's 20. Of course he's not a why would you give seasoned a, investor? Yeah. Why would you give us some twenty? Because all always doing like they rent a Ferrari for the day, which only costs like five hundred quid. So you go down the Ferrari garage, you get it, you drive around in a bit, take a load of videos, get a load of pictures, set up your Instagram as if you're the Ferrari guy, and then you just go, "I'm an investor. I make like half a million a week," and everyone just throws their money at you, going, "Please do that for me." And then they go, "It's all fake." Now I'm in, now I'm a millionaire because <laughs> I you pay me. And so when I see the shitcoin game, it's like, it's just, it's the same scam. It's the same people buying into it. It's human nature. People love easy money and they love getting scammed. And uh, yeah, they just need to have fun staying poor. (laughs) I think that's a beautiful way to leave it. (laughs) (laughs) Have fun, staying poor. Have fun, staying poor.